Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. Arnold Schwarzenegger got not only stopped at customs in Munich, Germany, um, he was hauled out of the airport to an ATM machine back to the airport where they tried to get his credit card to pay about more than $10,000 for something that he brought into the country. I had no idea things like this happened. When, when this you hear the details, nuts. it sounds like Arnold got caught in a scam at first, the way you hear it laid totally. out. Totally. That someone leads him to a, an ATM and Police. makes him- yeah, Police. And make him take out money. Like, if you're Arnold, you must be thinking, what is going on here? But it is all on the up and up, and here are the details. It is wild. So Arnold uh, is going to Germany. He, he went, landed in Munich. Uh, he was going there because uh, one of the things he was gonna be doing is auctioning off uh, one of his watches. Uh, for, cha- for charity. For charity. Yes, and Audemars Piget, which, the watch is probably, I, I don't know which model it is. It was custom made for him. I'm guessing it's over $100,000, roughly. I think you're right, based on the amount he had to pay. Right, so um, w- <laughs> the problem was that they found this watch in his luggage. Um, and when they looked at his immigration form, he had not declared the watch. And apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently you have to declare anything more than $10,000. I I also did not know that, and that just speaks to Arnold's (laughs) level of wealth. I am not at that level of wealth. (laughs) I I do not carry things when I'm traveling that are worth over 10 grand, so I never have to worry about this. But people like Arnold Schwarzenegger do. Long story short, they saw the watch. They're like, hey, this isn't declared. We need you to pay taxes on this. And Arnold was happy to do that. But then in the process of trying to pay those taxes, uh, technical errors, te- technical difficulties, I guess. Basically, the credit card machine that they tried having him use was glitching up, it wasn't working, and then they kind of dragged him to an ATM outside somewhere nearby. That's where I they, would and say- And they tried that, making that, that, him take out a bunch of cash, that's which he where tried I would doing say, as well. I'm sorry, I would say at that point, I'm not going to an ATM yeah, machine you guys, with you. Guys, you. <laughs> you guys make it work out here. Yeah, why why couldn't he just Venmo somebody? Movie. I mean, we have modern technology. <laughs> just Venmo somebody. I'll just say this. Look, it sounds, even the way the details kind of came in on this story, it, they made it kind of seem like, oh, he was wearing the watch. And I was like, what? It's like, this is crazy. No, it was a watch that was tucked away in his suitcase. So they were doing the right thing technically. I will say, though, I'm still outraged on behalf of Arnold. He's an OG, he's a homie, and I'm, I think his Germanic brothers over there did him dirty here. I mean, look, he's, I know he's not technically German, he's Austrian or whatever, but he's basically German, he speaks German, well, and he's one of the biggest it, German stars. I, I know he's Austrian, but he's one Austria of the biggest German stars. Germany would say and they that. did not get, do him any favors, and I do not appreciate that. So we should just kind of close the loop here. So they took him to the ATM machine, but the thing is, he owed a little more than $10,000. And there's a and limit. There's a limit on the ATM machine, so that didn't work. So then they took him back to the airport, and then they said, okay, we found another credit card machine. And this they one find, works. And it was like three hours where he was just stuck. I mean, kind of in detention, which is. is 
crazy. The other side of this that we should acknowledge is that these are good problems to have. That <laughs> if you have to pay a $10,000 fine, you're not worried right. about coming up with the 10000 This is where you this get is... into the rich people's problem. Yes, right. I got exactly. You. I'm Eric Robert Hunter here in San Diego, California. Look, Arnold is 76 years old, traveling internationally. I think he honestly forgot. I mean, I don't think he wants to be in bad standing with any country. This probably wasn't the first time he visited, probably won't be the last. I'm sure he'll be back. It was an honest oh. mistake. <laughs> oh, I wish he would See what he that. did? He worked right up to it. He um, ambled right up to it. I honestly, I did not know you had, first of all, I've never carried anything that expensive. Right. But um, I didn't know you had to declare that when you went into a country. You country. have to declare it if, if you're, you're going to sell it. If you're going to sell it or if it's a gift for someone and you're bringing it into the country. Did if, not know If that. the wealth is staying there, then you got to declare it. Uh, my shirts are 54 <laughs> bucks, so it's fine. Uh, okay, we are going to move on. All right, uh, moving on to the royal family uh, and a double health crisis, you could say. Uh, and a mystery. Yes, and a big mystery. So the, the one that we understand involves King Charles. Uh, the palace announced that he has an enlarged prostate. He is going in for a very uh, routine procedure uh, and should be out next week. They expect he'll be fine. The mysterious one has to do with Kate Middleton because she, uh, the palace also announced that she has already had an abdominal surgery. This was a scheduled yeah. abdominal surgery. So whatever it was, this wasn't like an emergency where they said, we have to do it right now. It was scheduled. Right. So they knew what they were doing. They went and they did the surgery. The palace, I think, understandably, is not saying exactly what the surgery is. Here is the mysterious part. They say that she will be in the hospital for two more weeks. And folks in, in our country know that that is a bizarre thing. In any country. I mean, you they don't want to be in a hospital for two weeks. They want to get, get you out of the hospital because of infection. Right. People have... People have very serious operations where they get out in a day or two. So to be in for two weeks and for them to say that she's going to be recuperating at home until Easter. Until Easter. It's end of March. So something very serious right. clearly is going on here. So what is exactly going on? Uh, joining us right now to talk about that is Royals expert Richard Fitzwilliams, who has now, I guess, become a Royal Hospital watcher. Richard, welcome back to TMZ Live. Hey, Richard. Hello. It's certainly a very, very strange period where two senior royals, uh, within two hours, we learn that one is in hospital and the other is actually going in. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, Richard, the, you know, the king's condition, we get that kind of makes sense, and uh, certainly a man of his age. Uh, but this thing with Kate being in the hospital for two weeks after a procedure, which they're not giving us details on, and I get that, but once they said that she's going to be in the hospital for two weeks, that's got to set off antenna for everyone in the UK as to what's going on with the princess. Well, of course, there is, as you would recognize, a need for privacy and any personal details to uh, remain private. But obviously, this is something that's come as a shock it has been stressed that after Easter, she is expected to resume royal duties, but also that uh, Prince William won't be carrying out royal, his engagements while she's in hospital and indeed subsequently will be giving uh, precedence to being with her and being with her fam his family. You know, I, I have to say, um, being in the hospital for two weeks is alarming. Uh, you know, by, you know, by any count. I mean, there are people who get um, heart bypass operations who are out in a couple of days. 
Two weeks is a long time to be in a hospital. So what I'm wondering is, we're kind of dealing with this in our country right now, uh, with our Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, who um, went into the hospital, was in ICU, didn't tell anybody, didn't even tell the president, and a lot of people are really upset with him because he has official duties. So does Kate. And I'm wondering how England deals with something like that when they know there's something wrong, otherwise she wouldn't be in the hospital, and certainly not for two weeks, whether there's any expectation or duty to explain to you know the people of England what's going on. Well, in this connection, for example, I think the powers have taken a different line uh, when the Queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth, was uh, in hospital and the son picked up the story. There was no previous announcement, and the feeling was that members of the royal family had the right to uh, enjoy a degree of privacy. The point being, of course, that it becomes world news, and if you're a member of the most high-profile royal family in the world and everything about it is a matter of interest, then, of course, you get a great deal of, uh, well, hospital watch, as you might call it. Mm -hmm. But what's going on? Well, we thought that um, uh, William and Catherine would be going to Italy. Now, that hopefully will go ahead, but there were no dates as such. Uh, so far as King Charles is concerned, the likelihood is of him and Queen Camilla going to Canada and then the Antipodes later in the year. Again, we haven't actually got any dates. Obviously, this is very unusual that two members of the royal family, senior working members, and remember there'd been talk of a slimline monarchy and, of course, Councillors of state, in theory, could act if necessary, and the king is incapacitated, or indeed, if he is absent, uh, William is one of them, and uh, the queen consort another, Princess Beatrice, and also uh, two who won't be acting, but still on the as councillors of state, uh, Prince Harry and the Duke of York. Yeah, it's just uh, it is a bizarre mystery for her to be out of commission for that long, but obviously everyone. Hoping the best uh, for whatever it is she's going through. Uh, Richard, we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so we're going to learn something about Brad Pitt here that has really shocked <laughs> a lot of people. What is there left to learn about Brad Pitt, right? He's been famous for decades. Yeah, we know everything. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> so because one of his old roommates, who happens to also be very famous, this is like the most Hollywood thing. Yeah. Back in the day, when they uh, both were coming up in Hollywood, yeah. Jason Priestley and Brad Pitt were roommates. No way. Yeah, talk about it. I mean, hey, listen. I had no idea. Things worked out for both of them. Yeah, right. Uh, but Jason was on Live with Kelly and Mark and re reliving some of his, uh, his glory days when he and Brad lived together. And he says there's something <laughs> that we don't know about Brad, a very smelly secret. Jason, no when you first moved to L.A., I did not know this. You lived with roommates um, who were also trying to make in the business. Brad Pitt? <laughs> yes, yes, he was, he was one of my roommates for a brief period of time. But there were three of us living in a two-bedroom apartment in a really crappy part of L.A. Brad was okay. Um, but we used to play this game, uh, all of us, to see who could go the longest without showering. Oh. Which, which, I mean, I think about it now, and I'm like, dude, how disgusting. What, what were you thinking? Who, anyway. Who, who went the longest without Brad, showering? Brad, always Brad. <laughs> yeah. 
that is like I would have thought the craziest things were happening in that apartment, not no shower competition. By the way, there's no way this is still the case for Brad because he has that gorgeous girlfriend, Inez. They've been dating for over a year, and Brad is always looking really like put together and good, and, and she is absolutely stunning. There is no way she would put up. With I think this. there's something about an attractive person's scent. Right. I mean, you know, Brad, like he, I, I understand what Brendan's saying. I do too. However, I will just throw this theory out there. If you look like Brad Pitt, yeah. you probably don't feel like you have to shower, right? <laughs> and and I know what you're saying about him. his girlfriend Inez, but are you gonna the old saying, are you gonna kick Brad Pitt out of out of bed for not showering? No, absolutely. And I don't think anybody would. No. No. So, you know, it's it's, it's he a can get away with it. Everybody else, we can't. He can. But how about the fact that so Brad Pitt lived not only with Jason Priestley, there's a third person in a two-bedroom apartment that like the right. these and are the stories this is way that, before they made it, either guy. Right. And I just think about the fact that there are how many thousands uh, of actors starting out in Hollywood yeah. right now who are living together and are gonna be Oscar winners right. in, you know, 20, 25 right. years. Most probably won't make it, but you do have to They're sitting around like not this. showering. Right. right now. I mean, either way here, it didn't hurt Brad in the long run. He ended up being a huge A-list actor, and he, you know, Angelina Jolie, now Inus, he's, he's had plenty of success over the years. Yes. Yeah, it's safe uh, to say it's worked out. But who but knows if he showered, what could have happened? I don't recommend this for most no, people. Don't do it. Because unless you look like Brad Pitt. Don't do it. People are going to look at you a little <laughs> sideways if you come in with a little funky scent. Hi, my name is Imani McGill. I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. In response to Brad Pitt not taking showers, I do find the situation a little bit odd, considering that he is Hollywood's biggest heartthrob. And I would assume that if somebody takes interest in somebody pertaining to love, they would want to make sure that they do smell nice, as it could be something that the other person could pick on pretty quickly. And so I do just want to say thank you to Brad Pitt for maturing. And thank you for leaving those habits behind as his career has slowly and successfully risen to his fame today. Yeah, by the way, and I want to also, we should say in Brad's defense, back then, right. they had other things they were worried about. One, they're probably trying to make rent, they're right. trying to make, right. get roles. Right. They're worried about that stuff. Right. Yeah, sure. Bunch of guys in a two bedroom apartment, I mean. Right, you want to keep, mm. you got to keep your utilities low. Right, they weren't so, millionaires you know, at the time. Right, but yeah. now things have changed. Right. So, yes, Although I'm I'd like sure. to ask him about his shower habits now, and maybe he still does it. <laughs> well, we'll keep that in mind yeah. if maybe one of our uh, people yeah. run into him, and we'll get that answer. Stay tuned. Uh, all right, to moving on now to Tom Brady, who we assume showers yeah. quite a bit. I mean, yeah. when you play, although football. he's handsome and he could get away with it, <laughs> he could. <laughs> uh, and much like Brad, he also <laughs> has a very attractive companion these days. Arena Shake, who remember they were together last year, and then they weren't together. Yeah, for there a was while, like mid 2023. They were met in Italy, and and then you saw her with Bradley Cooper on vacation, and she was topless. You remember that? The yeah. topless photo mm -hmm. shoot. I think a lot of people thought that it had fizzled out. Whatever is going on, they can't quit each other nope. because they were together in New York yeah. City. And by the way, this is the really the first time we'd seen them out publicly. Charles, a couple of very. Very popular uh, French restaurant in yeah, Lower Manhattan. Brasserie, I can't even say the. Uh, That's a brass, brasserie. How do you say that? Brasserie Fouquet. 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 I don't know. It's, it's, it's in a really fancy hotel, really fancy restaurant, expensive restaurant, although we were told he ordered a hamburger, which only cost $30. They've got a. Which got, only cost uh, $30, you say, Babcock? You know, That's the most only? LA thing you've ever said. <laughs> that he just he ordered a burger that only cost $30. These days? A $30 burger. A McDonald's hamburger cost $12. Anyway, 
They've got like $170 steak on the menu. It shows Tom Brady is a regular guy. I do think this is a big deal, Charles. I think this represents them going out and, and whoever sees us, sees us. We don't care anymore. Even last month when they were at Art Basel together, they were trying to lay low. And I, I think something's changed. I got to add a few things here. You were talking a mile a minute, Babcock. Sorry. So they had the <laughs> table to, to themselves at, while they were at this restaurant. They did share a burger. Tom Brady did pay for the $30 burger. He commented how good the burger was. They spent two hours at dinner inside together. And based on... Nikki, did you say they split the burger? No, he oh. the burger was on the menu. He paid for the bill oh. for the oh, burger. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you said yeah. they shared the burger. So no, I like, no, oh, no. Sorry. We don't know what she had. Um, but they were based on these photos. How close they are sitting together. They are. I feel like whenever they're in the same city, they kind of meet up and like do their thing, and that's why they don't care because it is super casual. Everyone is constantly asking, "Are they going to get married?" You know, Tom Brady just came off of his yeah. you know divorce from Giselle, and then you have Irina going on. You know parenting vacations with Bradley Cooper <laughs> when she's topless. So everyone's like, are they going back with their exes? Are they going to get together? Are they going to get married? You know, all of these couples, when they go through a divorce, everyone, the next person they think they're going to get married to. But I think it's just casual. Like like Babcock said, you've been seen in um, Art Basel in Miami. They were seen together at Tom Brady's apartment and all the things. So I, I think I think it's cute. I mean, and I love when celebrities go out and they don't care. They you don't care. Just the fact that they look they look very casual, too. He's not all dressed up. I, I think that says something. They're too. just they're comfortable good them, friends. Who might have some benefits? <laughs> Aside from the burger. Uh, Aside from the burger. Ah, oh, Tom Brady. <laughs> hey, Jay out of Iron Mountain, Michigan. Big Tom Brady fan. Been a fan all my life, and I'm just happy to hear that he paid for the entire bill and isn't one of those split the bill type of guys. And that would have broke my that heart. That would have been Can really. You imagine? Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Well, I, I got the burger." I hear, I hear about those guys, and I just go like, I don't know. No, I, I know. Strange to me. But anyway, uh, Tom Brady is not one of them. Good no. for them. You are about to see an absolute miracle. Something that, honestly, if you told me that this happened on an LA freeway, I think we were about to tell you about it, something incredibly tragic. Yeah. Instead, it is a miracle. Uh, a man thrown out of an RV, speeding down an LA freeway, a very busy, dangerous freeway, and he's hurled onto the ground and survives this. Not only survives the fall, you're gonna see coming toward the camera, an RV that hits the median, and that body oh on the my. ground there is Cordell Patrick, who was thrown from that RV. Oh my! Uh, uh, and like then, and then, amazingly, he's in on the other lane, right. and then there's traffic speeding right. down there. You see that white SUV oh. swerving to avoid him. This could have been oh my. so many ways. This could have gone uh, horribly for Cordell. Oh. We are thrilled to say he survived this. He is in the hospital, about to have some surgery, but he is joining us to talk about what happened, how he got thrown from that, and surviving the ordeal. Cordell Patrick, welcome to TMZ Live. How are you feeling, man? Thank you. Thanks for having me, first of all. You know what? After watching that video, I feel much better. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I've got broken bones, man, from my head to my toes, but it's the, uh, the road rash, man, is the most painful part of this. 60% uh, of my body has been ravaged by the Ooh. by the road uh, abrasions. Yeah. And it's very, it's very painful. But uh, you know, the broken legs and the broken foot and the broken clavicle, is, it's pretty painful too. So you have, you, you broke, you said both legs were broken? Uh, I've got two broken tibula and fibula on my right leg. Oh. Multiple fractures in my right ankle. Broken toes on my right ankle. 
broken foot on my left foot, broken toes, and then the uh, broken collarbone. Oh. So Cordell, let, let's rewind yeah. here. So you're, because uh, what's, when we see, what we see in the video is you, you're already on the ground. From your memory, what was happening uh, in the RV? You're driving on the, for people in LA, this is the 14 freeway. Um, people outside of LA, you should know, this is north of Los Angeles, um, near Santa Clarita, right. and a very busy freeway. And, uh, you know, like I said, that's the miracle of you surviving this. So what was happening, Cordell, and how did you end up on the roadside? Charles, what happened was that uh, my wife and I had, we just came back from an RV trip from Minifee, Uh And uh, we were 10 minutes from home. We were dropping our RV off at the storage, and we were having a conversation that I had to use the restroom. As soon as I stood up, uh, my wife blacked out. She uh, fell asleep, blacked out. We don't know. She's going through some medical tests here oh to make God. sure she's not okay. But it's a, my seatbelt was unbuckled for five seconds. Five seconds, Charles. That's it. Cordell, did, how, how did you get out Thrown of the RV? Me. Did you go through a window? How, how did you find yourself outside of the vehicle? Here's the tricky part. Here's the tricky part. We were going straight down, down the, the north side of the 14. And then all of a sudden, she veered. And she was headed toward the median sideways. So I like I started screaming at her, what are you doing? What are you doing? So as I attempted to drive, I mean, to walk over to grab the steering wheel to straighten her out, uh, impact happened. And the impact threw me out of the driver's side window. So you went over her. Oh You're reaching yes. for the wheel. Yes. You get yes. thrown over her through the window yes. and end up on the freeway. On the freeway, over and over the median into the opposite side of the freeway in moving traffic. Do you remember anything from that moment? I remember, every, I remember every single second. Oh my God. So, this is the craziest accent I've ever heard. Right. It's, so, it's remarkable. So, tell us. So, now you're, you're on the ground. You, when do you realize I'm alive? Do you realize where you are and what's your next move? Immediately, my first concern was. I'm going to die because I, I figured out if I was not dead from the impact that I'm going to die from a car hitting me. So, and I was halfway in one lane, halfway in the emergency lane. So I'm trying to get all the way to the emergency lane. But when I tried to stand up, I noticed that my ankle, instead oh. of pointing forward, was pointing backwards. Oh. So I had to muster all the energy I could to to try to get out of that lane and prop myself up against the media and the inside lane. And that's what I did. And then by that time, there were good Samaritans coming. And, uh, you know, that's, that's another one of these, these blessings. And God is watching over you. And angels flew me to the side of the road. I didn't find out until a little bit later from the highway patrol that I had slid on my body parts 170 feet. I know you're going to go into surgery shortly here. What is the prognosis? What are the doctors saying about all the broken bones and the other injuries? Uh, multiple surgeries, hopefully only two, but they said it'll probably be three. Uh, so they're getting ready to do a surgery in about an hour and 20 minutes here. That's They're going to insert a pin and uh, a pin and screws in my right leg, because that's where the multiple fractures are. They're hoping that they don't have, to, you know, they do have to do pins in my left foot as well. The fact that you are alive to have those surgeries is uh, a blessing, as you said. 
Um, I, before we go, I, I, I know uh, they told us that over the weekend, while you were before this happened, you were on vacation and you were enjoying some of the NFL playoffs. I hear you're a big Chiefs fan. I, I'm a sportscaster as well, so I did this Chiefs post-game show for a number of years, a few years back. So, And it's home, too. So I, so I don't know if I'm a bigger University of Kansas Jayhawk fan. Actually, I do know. I'm a bigger Kansas Jayhawk fan than I'm a Chiefs fan. Well, I love my Chiefs as well, too. You know, all we do in KC is win championships. So we do. <laughs> no big deal. We were going to get to that, that Cordell, um, you may, you might not recognize him now in the right. hospital bed with the injuries, but he uh, was is a sportscaster, uh, has been on ESPN, yeah. got a lot of uh, coverage in uh, his hometown area of Kansas City. So uh, we can't wait for you to recover. Uh, thank you for taking some time to talk to us. Yeah. And uh, hopefully your Chiefs will, will win one for you this weekend. Thank you guys for taking time out, man. I appreciate you guys. I know you got to go. I can tell you. Your wife is saying, all right, right. let's go. This thing, wrap this up. We got to get to surgery. Go to surgery. Right. Right. Hey, Charles, he was a control freak before this, so you can imagine what's going on now. Uh, Cordell, we wish you the best, man. Thanks, Fast recovery. And, uh, we'll you guys talk be blessed. To all right. All right. That is an incredible story. Uh, I don't know uh, what he's made of, but that... Oh, seriously, gosh. man. That's uh, amazing. Amazing. All right. Um, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, Noah Schnapp, the Stranger Things star, we told you how he apologized for some things he said about the Israel conflict with yeah. Moss. Well, one of his co-stars on Stranger Things says he had no business apologizing, and he's defending him to the hilt. You will hear that when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Welcome back to you. Boy, you... Sorry about that. Yeah, you missed an incredible story. So I heard. Uh, Cordell Patrick is amazing. All right. Uh, moving on now to the cast of Stranger Things and what is no doubt going to be a big topic of conversation for them as they start shooting their next season. We told you that Noah Schnapp posted this video where he was explaining uh, and apologizing for things he had said about the war between Israel and Hamas. Well, specifically, a sticker which which read, Zionism, Zionism is sexy. sexy. Right. And so a lot, a lot of people um, really went after him for that. And, and so he signed a, kind of backpedaled and said, look, I just want peace for everyone. I've spoken to friends who are Palestinian. I understand their side more. Um, really went out of his way to make sure everyone understood that he just wants peace. Well, we got one of his co-stars, Brett Gelman, uh, who uh, you see him on the right there. Uh, he was at LAX, and we asked him about Noah's apology. And I did not expect this response from him, but he is defending Noah's original statements. Uh, here's what Brett said. I saw nothing wrong with the original thing that he said. I will say that. I think, you know, he, hung up, he held up a sticker saying Zionism is sexy, and he said Hamas is ISIS. Hamas is a terrorist organization, and uh, Zionism is the belief that Israel should exist. Right. And that's sexy to me too. I think that if you were not for Israel, 
you are for you are you are either uh, consciously or subconsciously engaging in anti-Semitism. I'm not talking about being for the every uh, detail of its government. You know, absolutely, there's you know some problems there. I'm not for Netanyahu. You know, but. I'm for Israel. So I want to say something about this. Mm. So when when he is talking about Zionism is sexy, you know, the way you define Zionism makes a huge difference. I think that's the key. Here. And yeah, and the way he's defining it, and it has been an issue, you know, for decades, is does Israel have a right to exist? And for, you know, a lot of people, that is classic Zionism, the survival of Israel, not or, the, or even on, the establishment of Israel. The, that's that's that was the original, right? Uh, and, now, and now it's about, and now it's about survival. But the other thing that I think is really important here is distinguishing between supporting Israel. Because remember, look, no matter which way you slice it, with this started with Hamas, right? And Hamas engineered this whole thing. Now there is criticism, and frankly, I have criticism of the way Netanyahu has handled this. Um, and I think you heard that here too that you can be supportive and still criticize the way Netanyahu has handled both the lead up to what happened October 7th and the way he responded. So, you know, it's more complicated than just saying Zionism in this. I mean, you can, there are layers to this whole thing. Har Harvey, we're, we're in agreement mostly on this issue. I think what, what the other side would say is that when you bring up Zionism, a lot of people lay the blame for the conditions in Gaza before October 7th at the hands of Zionist settlements and so forth. So they're saying a lot of the blame belongs on Zionists and it's a needlessly provocative thing to say you that Zionism is sexy because a lot of the misery of people in, in, in Gaza, Gaza, they lay at the hands of Zionists. And then you get into the, so, the division of land and everything else, which becomes really, really complicated. This has been really oversimplified. And, right. and I, I think that's the big problem right now, is understanding that multiple things can be going on at the same time. Right, I, I, and certainly they, there are multiple things going on, but I, I get why Noah would apologize because, and like Brett said, it's not that Noah was saying Israel doesn't have the right to defend itself, but I just think that that sticker, Zionism is sexy, is a intentionally provocative phrase. Now, I and that, that doesn't have anything to do with the original meaning of Zionism. Well, I think to a lot of people it does. And, but, but I, look, he said this, my understanding is, months ago. So this yes. was closer to October 7th. Yes, right. I think there was a militant feeling about this that maybe doesn't exist today. So you've got to kind of go back in time the other to understand what he said. The other part of the equation here that we didn't acknowledge yesterday and we should talk about is that Noah is, what, 19 years old? I also think you can give this kid a little grace and say that he's learning as he's going here. There a rule here. Harvey, I want to tell you, I just went on Noah's TikTok and he has actually turned off comments on all of his videos. And as your trusted TikTok expert, I can tell you that people only do that if they're being pretty much eviscerated comments. So uh, needless to say, this video was not well received. It was not well received. Right. Um, and probably <laughs> the people who were supporting him before are now attacking him for this apology and then the people who were attacking him before feel like the apology isn't enough and so but again i think you need to understand this was not done today where you see everything that's going on this was the original done, this was the original was done on the heels of a slaughter 
Uh, okay, we're gonna move on. Yes, uh, to some really surprising news about uh, Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay. So last week, the Colts announced that he was uh, going into the hospital um, and that he was gonna be getting treatment for a while. They didn't say anything specific. But TMZ Sports uh, found out that something very alarming uh, happened at his home back in December. Now, we don't know if what we're about to tell you happened in December is connected to his hospitalization now, um, but it is very alarming because first responders thought that Jim Irsay was about to die. Yeah, according to uh, police documents we obtained from the Carmel Police Department uh, in Indianapolis, uh, on December 8th at around 4.30 a.m., they received a call uh, regarding Jim Irsay and him being found unconscious and, and with a blue tint uh, on the floor of his bathroom. They say when they when they arrived at his home, he was now in bed. And let me read to you some of the, the, the quotes that they have in here. He was unconscious with abnormal breathing. He had a weak pulse. He was cold to the touch. Uh, his pupils were constricted. His skin was had a bluish tint wow. and they said when he when they tried to rub him uh, on his chest uh, there was no response uh, thankfully they were able to issue narcan which uh, i think we're all familiar with now it's it's used in uh, opiate overdose situations he did respond slightly to that and they were able to kind of get him to the hospital and when he did survive so a uh, very very scary situation and the, the the picture that these police documents paint like you said charles it appears he was almost dead. So help me out and here. What we should say, what he went into the hospital for last week was, uh, they said, a severe respiratory illness. So maybe there's some connection there. Clearly, on that night in December, he was having trouble, whatever for whatever caused it, having trouble breathing. That's why someone turns blue. Yeah, and, uh, it's absolutely. But they use narc. I mean. Narcan is often used for when there somebody has a drug overdose. They do it when they suspect that there's a drug and, overdose. And in, in Jim Mercer's past, he, he said he's been addicted to, to painkillers. In, in a recent interview, he said he's been to rehab at least 15 times. So this is something he has struggled with. Again, we're uh, not sure if they're connected, but it. it does seem possible. Hey, this is Tony here in Indianapolis. Yeah, this is a sad situation. Um, look, he's 64 years old. That's too old to be doing these kind of things, and it's too young to die. Uh, he needs to kind of take a pill out of this situation, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, to to get better and to get back with his football team that he loves the most. I, I will say, though, yeah. the one thing I disagree with when you say that he's 64 years old, he's too old to be doing this, um, if it's addiction, and we don't know, but if right. it's addiction and he struggled with this, that's a lifelong problem. That's not a thing where you say, oh, I'm aged out of it. That's just not the way I it works. I also just want to, and I, again, we are speculating, it certainly could be something that has nothing to do with with right. pills, that pneumonia or whatever, but because of his history, right. the first responders might have suspected, and that's why they used the Narcan. Fair. Listen, you just quietly go and you grab your fishbowl and you walk <laughs> out and you yell to everyone, who's coming with me? That's how everyone- Your fishbowl. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how a firing is supposed to go. It did oh not God. go like that <laughs> at all. I would, I would suspect if this woman yelled, who's coming with me, Everyone turned and just looked away. Not me. Not the way she <laughs> went out. So this video you're about to see is at a restaurant in the airport in Atlanta, at Hartsfield Airport. And the woman has just been fired. What's the name of that place? Harvest and Grounds. Oh, I thought you said Harvey. Coffee. Oh, okay. Harvey's and Grounds. <laughs> uh, she's been fired. I'm not sure exactly why. We but well, but we kind of have a, we have a sense it might involve temper, and we know <laughs> we know she is not happy about it. Uh, and watch what happens. Um, for several minutes. You can walk away. I'll get your He might die. Yeah. He might die. Get out. Oh, 
Oh. 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 But she jumps right back up. Right? There's a lot to unpack. With athletically, this video. athletically, yes, impressive. Uh, but the temper, wow. the jump was super impressive. I also love uh, when that guy takes the chair out of her hand like it's a toy, right. taking right. Uh, a toy <laughs> well, from a child, basically. Yes. But apparently, local news is is saying that what happened here is that woman who was working at this coffee shop got into some type of argument with a coworker over espresso Shocking. shots. Shocking. Over espresso, espresso all shots. All over espresso shots. I, I would not have pegged were. her for having a bad temper, but. Yeah, okay. unclear what they were arguing about. Um, I guess cops did end up showing up. The woman had left, so as far as I know, no one got arrested, And uh, but crazy, crazy video. So she was trying to get her things, right? Is that what was going That's on? That's what we heard her yelling, something about. Uh, she was what? trying to get her things. And That's they right. wanted her to go outside and wait, and we'll bring you your things. But she smacked everybody in that place. Can, I, can I tell you something? I mean, weird, the weird thing about this video, and I'm sorry for laughing, but the weird thing about the video is it is just an all-out brawl there. But she's wearing a mask, so she's trying to be safe. <laughs> I can't get past she's the mask. maintaining safety regulations. <laughs> I, I mean, get past I the mean mask. between her and that guy who who jumped at the judge, I mean, the athleticism in these videos no. <laughs> we've seen recently is insane. I also can I just want I just need to give props to Devin. You were talking about how he took the chair out of her hand, but props to that black man who got slapped and, didn't and do did nothing, realizing I'm much bigger than her. Someone's recording. If I do anything to, re you know, to retaliate, it's going to look bad. So let me ask you a question. So I Keeping get that. Cool. What about the guy in the red shirt that body slammed her? Yeah. See now, he didn't keep his cool, but he's closer to. Are her you size. saying he could get <laughs> prosecuted against? No, I'm just wondering no. what you think of what he just did there. I, I, listen, I, I, he's trying to. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of out of control. You could kind, argue. Kind of. She's kind punching of. him in the face. <laughs> That's Harvey. a fair point. Okay, strike. Kind of. <laughs> I'm Jamal I'm from Tampa. Can we just get a superimpose of her with a basketball in her hand when she did the jump into a hoop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's got ups. Look at this. Can I just say, she drank that espresso. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe that's what the argument was she about. She drank that espresso. Somebody's, somebody's espresso. So I, I don't think Nicole Kidman was looking for sympathy here. I don't think she's complaining about her height, but she is bringing us inside the reality of being a woman who is five foot 11 in Hollywood, and she's incredibly accomplished now, but she was on the Radio Times podcast talking about her early years in acting. And, I'm sorry for smiling. And what she had to go through. Yes, I know, this is <laughs> for both of us in particular, uh, a but really interesting problem that she has. So here's, but, what, here's what she said. Yes. I was told you won't have a career, you're too tall. I'm 5'11". Um, I say 5'10 and a half, but I'm 5'11". Um, and uh, I was teased. <laughs> um, I was called stalky, and they'd always be like, how's the air up there? And I'm just like, oh, gosh, I'm just going to be like the tallest person. The giraffe. Does it still bother 
bother you? Um, it'll bother me in the sense of when I'm acting and I want to be small or I want to be this or I want to be that. There's times when I appreciate it because then it's got some sort of, you know, it, when it's related to what I'm doing, I go, okay, I can use this now. But a lot of the time still I'm going, oh. It is interesting that when she would go for roles, She's telling them, he's like, no, no, I'm only 5'10 and a half. I'm not, I really am. I am. Right. We don't do that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Reza Tazo from Oklahoma City. Um, right now, I'm 5'6 and I've always feel bad because I'm short. Just today, after listening to this uh, podcast, I kind of like, you know, it gives me some pride to be like, okay, um, like the tall people also cry. So it's kind of like even right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Okay, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hey, you guys, this is Dario. Uh, with the Arnold Schwarzenegger situation, I just feel like you got to be careful, especially going out of the countries. You know, some of these countries have different laws and regulations that we're not, you know, privy to in the U.S., but um, it's kind of surprising that they would do all of that over a watch. I mean, it's just a watch. You would think it wouldn't be that serious, but... It was just a crazy situation. Yeah, and to do it to Arnold, too. I mean, that's right thing. It's crazy. Okay, one more. Hi, this is Susan from Palm Springs, California. I respect Kate Middleton's want for privacy, but in doing so, I think people may think the worst. A palace source just today said whatever the health issue is, it's non-cancerous, so that's good. I just hope she has a full recovery. I just know it's got to be serious because two weeks and a recovery till Easter, something's Strange. wrong. Strange. Yeah. I want to say a big thank you to Dua Lipa um, because I think she felt for us that we were all wondering whether or not she was actually ha had a new boyfriend when we had that video of her shot through a door <laughs> in Beverly Hills at Avra. So she's dancing with him. She's dancing with this guy who we, we knew it was him. We knew it was uh, Callum Turner, but we're like, we oh. matched the suit. Right. Yeah, we matched the black suit. That was brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Cut to them last night. Okay, so this is at Sushi Park, which is a fancy schmancy sushi place in LA. I'm getting the sense they're together. I think they <laughs> might be a thing. I... Possibly. Now, here's my question. They're on the balcony. This is like a mini mall, just so you know. It's on and sunset. And so, are they're they doing, doing it for this? the camera? Yeah, they just want everybody to know. Leave us 100% okay. for the camera. 100%. Well, congratulations, guys. Good for them. Seriously. And good sushi to boot. We'll see you tomorrow.